This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. You're listening to Things They Don't Tell Her. Everything you don't get taught about periods, pregnancy and postpartum. I'm going to take you on a journey back to sex ed and teach you what really matters. Ladies, it's time you felt empowered in your bodies. I'm your host, Caitlin Pender, founder of Her Women's Health. And I'm sharing tips to optimize your fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum journey. Today, I'm going to be chatting all about the power of sound as a epic tool for natural birth. So... I think this is honestly one of the most undervalued and useful tools that we can use as a uh, distraction, as enjoyment, and as a natural pain relief strategy in labor. And so often I see women who struggle to use their voice and I really think this comes a lot from society and the way that we've been conditioned to believe that to use our voice, particularly in Western culture, you have to be uh, a good singer or you have to be um, a performer or some sort of musician to actually be able to express your voice. Whereas in so many traditional cultures and even Latin American culture and European culture, the voice is still a very powerful tool that's used in a lot of ancient ritual. And it is such a powerful tool that we can use in order to manage pain in childbirth. So the first thing that I want to go through is this understanding of what I call the four diaphragms. And this is just so valuable for every woman to know in her own body. So there are four diaphragms in the physical body. If you imagine a diaphragm is this connection, uh, it's usually a dome-shaped muscle. So what we know as our respiratory diaphragm, which sits just underneath our rib cage. And this is the muscle that helps us breathe. So when we inhale, the diaphragm descends. And when we exhale, the diaphragm recoils into this dome shape. But there's also a diaphragm in the pelvic floor. And this connection is hugely important for childbirth. So when we inhale, our respiratory diaphragm descends and our pelvic floor stretches. When we exhale, the diaphragm recoils, pelvic floor recoils. So this connection is largely important if we are always breathing into our upper chest and always holding tension around our tummies like we do so often as women. So this is the first diaphragm connection. But then there's also a connection between our glottis, our vocals, and these other two diaphragms. So when we speak or let out a sound that's really high pitch, it increases tone in the pelvic floor. When we let out a sound that is low pitch, it decreases tone in the pelvic floor. So I like to think about this as a coffee plunger. Imagine a coffee plunger, old school one where you're pressing it down and it's pushing that pressure 
down. So when we are letting out a high-pitched sound or a high-pitched note or we're speaking in a high tone, uh, the tone of the pelvic floor and the respiratory diaphragm increase. And conversely, when we let out a low-pitched sound or a low tone, the respiratory diaphragm descends and the pelvic floor relaxes. Now, there's lots of women's health studies that have actually been done where they've looked at women in a study and they've done pelvic floor examinations and they have recorded the difference in tone between the high tones and the low tones on the pelvic floor. And as a pelvic floor physio, when I'm doing an internal assessment on a client, I can feel that if she's talking to me during the appointment while I'm doing the internal assessment, I can feel her pelvic floor tone change with the tone of her voice. So we know as pelvic floor physios that the vocals and the pelvic floor are hugely connected. We know this effect that when we increase tone of voice, that our pelvic floor tone increases. When we decrease tone of voice, our pelvic floor tone decreases. So this is huge when it comes to childbirth and labor because we want the pelvic floor to be able to relax. It is also really important when we're emptying our bowels on the toilet. So if you are ever feeling a little bit constipated, you can direct your breath down towards the, the diaphragm and allow the pelvic floor to relax because often when we're constipated, it is that the pelvic floor isn't letting go and that we're not getting this downward pressure and that's when we strain. So we, we often hold the breath and then we push down trying to create this, this pressure uh, in order to pass the bowel motion. Now, this is really bad for your pelvic floor. It is probably one of the worst things that we can do for our pelvic floor. And a rectal prolapse, which is when the bowel starts to descend down into the vagina, is actually caused predominantly by chronic constipation and straining. So all of you ladies out there, you need to stop straining on the toilet. And whenever you're constipated, we can use this connection between the glottis, the voice box, the respiratory diaphragm and the pelvic floor. So I want you to put your index finger and thumb on your glottis, your voice box, which is sort of the thickest bit of the throat, and then let out a high pitch. And you'll feel about the fingers, underneath the fingers, it will lift up. And then let out a low tone. And you'll feel the glottis descend down. You can feel the difference of the high pitch and the low pitch. Now, if you're really interested and you're in private, um, you can have a feel of your pelvic floor and see what it's doing with these tones as well. Just super curious. Or you can take my word um, that when you increase the tone of voice, the pelvic floor tone increases, decrease tone of voice, pelvic floor tone decreases. And what happens to the respiratory diaphragm in the middle is that when we increase tone of voice, that the respiratory diaphragm lifts and when we decrease tone, it descends. So I like to think about this like a coffee plunger. So on the toilet, um, you can inhale through the nose and then you can let out. I teach most of my clients. It's similar to an ujjayi breath in yoga. So it's a subtle constriction at the back of the throat. And you're inhaling through the nose and then exhaling out like you're fogging up a mirror. Now, you can do this with closed lips out through the nose or with an open mouth, but slight constriction at the back of the throat. 
What this is doing is it is creating a reverse pressure. So your glottis is descending down. It's a low tone sound. Your respiratory diaphragm is descending down. I think about it, um, I visualize a coffee plunger pushing the glottis down, pushing the respiratory diaphragm down. Pelvic floor is relaxing and your stool is moving gracefully and easily down and out or your baby is moving um, gracefully and easily down and out through the birth canal. So hugely powerful to use sound and the breath both on the toilet emptying your bowels and during labor, particularly the pushing phase. So now that we have a bit of an understanding of the three diaphragms, the pelvic floor, respiratory diaphragm and vocals, I also want to explain the fourth, res- the fourth diaphragm, not respiratory, but the fourth diaphragm, which is uh, a little connection between the right and left hemisphere of the brain. So when we let out high-pitched sounds, it sends a signal to that top diaphragm to keep us in a sympathetic response. So this is a really primal uh, pathway that is designed for survival. So basically, if you are being chased by a saber-toothed tiger and you're screaming at the top of your lungs in a really high pitch, Uh, your heart rate starts racing, your diaphragm is lifting because you're breathing into your upper chest to get more oxygen more quickly. Your brain knows to favor survival over reproduction. So all of the blood is going to be moved away from your reproductive and digestive system to your musculoskeletal system so that you can run away from this saber-toothed tiger. And then your brain is going to keep you in that sympathetic dominant state, which is going to be really important for survival. Now, unfortunately, most of us women are living lives where where, um, life's highly conducive to stress. So we might be responding to work emails and we're getting that same stressful response where the diaphragm tone is increasing, the pelvic floor tone is increasing, our tone of voice is increasing, and yet we are just responding to stressful work emails. So we have to understand, particularly in labour, if there is uh, fear or if something is threatening to the woman or if there's any, um, you know, routine, routine examinations that are inducing stress or fear in that woman, then her body is going to go into this response. Pelvic floor is going to tighten. Respiratory diaphragm is going to lift. Tone of voice is going to increase. The brain, the diaphragm in the brain is going to switch to survival mode, fight or flight. All of your blood supply is going to move away from your reproductive organs, away from pushing that baby out. Uh, and that is going to stall your contractions. That is going to stall labor. Now, this can be really beneficial if a woman is, say, caught in a flood and she's waiting for her midwife to arrive. If she's at the hospital and there's pressure from an obstetrician for her to deliver that baby within a time frame, then that physiological response of the blood being moved away from her reproductive system, away from the contractions, her pelvic floor contracting, it's going to result in a longer labour and it's going to potentially result in more pain because of that tightening through the body and that constriction in in blood supply. So when the blood vessels constrict, um, there's a restriction of blood supply and muscles that aren't getting as much blood are going to create more pain. So 
Really important to understand this effect between all four diaphragms. Now that we understand the effect of the diaphragms, the second thing that I really want you to understand is that when we use a breath technique, and this is uh, probably one of the most well-researched breath techniques in yoga practice, and it's also what free divers use to lower their heart rate and blood pressure in order to savor the oxygen to make it last for as long as they can as they're diving to depth. So the technique is lengthening the exhale breath. So imagine if you inhale for a count of three, then you're exhaling for a count of six or inhaling for a count of four and exhaling for a count of eight. Now, this ability to lengthen the exhale breath sends a signal straight to the parasympathetic nervous system to increase. So that parasympathetic drive, that is our rest and digest or reproduce system. So that is what is going to increase oxytocin, endorphins, which are really important hormones for um, physiological birth. So this result of lengthening the exhale breath has an effect on our heart rate. It will lower heart rate, lower blood pressure, which will ensure that baby is not becoming stressed. And the ability to lengthen the breath will, as I said, signal the parasympathetic nervous system. So it'll move us away from that fight or flight response and it will calm both the woman and the baby. Now, when it comes to sound, so if you imagine letting out a vowel sound, so we'll go with the lower tone sounds. And one little example that I'll give is a pelvic floor physio in the UK who tells all of her clients to moo before they poo. So it's, again, it's that long, low tone exhale that is creating this constriction, this reverse pressure down of the glottis, the descent of the diaphragm and relaxing the pelvic floor. And that's going to help pass the bowel motion. Now in labor, if we can use singing or voice toning, uh, we can actually lengthen the exhale far more than we can do with just focusing on the breath. I want you to inhale and then let out a vowel sound. So um, O, U, or R, okay? So let's inhale. Oh, I'll stop there. You guys get the point. Hopefully you've done the, the practice as well. Um, but you could notice, so probably on a, a maximum, when I'm really focusing on my um, this yogic technique where we're lengthening the exhale, that two to one ratio of breath, probably the maximum that I can get once I really zone into it and focus on my breathing is roughly around 10 second exhale. Whereas that sound, that created, I was probably going for, I mean, I cut it off. I could have gone for longer, but you could probably triple the length of the exhale that you can get with the sound uh, as opposed to just the breath. So for all of my pregnant women, I highly encourage you to try this. Grab a piece of ice out of the freezer. Okay, hold it in your hand and experiment with two techniques. We'll just focus on these two for now. There's lots of other beautiful techniques like affirmations, but I want you to focus on these two. So I want you to hold a couple of ice cubes and you're going to time a minute and you're going to focus on that breath technique where you're inhaling for three, exhaling for six, and you're allowing the soul focus to be on your breath. 
And then I want you to repeat this test and I want you to focus solely on sound. So I want you to choose a vowel sound. I want you to really feel confident, feel the courage in using that long, drawn out vowel sound. I want you to determine um, what the difference was, how it felt, how it changed uh, all of your attention being directed on the sort of sensation of discomfort from the ice freezing your hand. So this can be a really powerful tool, as I said, because we're lengthening the exhale so much. That's the first thing that's happening. So we're getting a direct response to our parasympathetic nervous system to reduce heart rate, uh, to calm the mother, to calm the baby, to reduce blood pressure. And then we are relaxing the pelvic floor because we're using this low tone sound. So the pelvic floor is relaxing. The diaphragm is descending. So that's helping create this sort of coffee plunger-like effect to help push the baby down and out. And we're not straining. So when we close the glottis, like in directed pushing, when we're straining, what happens is that pressure, it's like squeezing the top of a water balloon. All of that pressure increases in the thoracic cavity and the pelvic cavity, um, which can create distress in baby. It also is like squeezing the top of the water balloon. Where's my, I've got a little unicorn um, for those watching the live. If It's like squeezing the top of a water balloon. All that pressure goes to the weakest point, which uh, during a vaginal birth is most likely to be the pelvic floor. So you're getting lots of pressure down on the pelvic floor, baby's starting to get distressed, um, and that is often when the cascade of intervention starts. So really important to understand that when we use the voice or the breath or sound, we are allowing the air to travel out. So we're ensuring oxygenation to mother and baby. We're minimising that stress response, which is going to increase oxytocin. And promote labor and we're allowing the pelvic floor to completely relax which is super important so recently did a workshop on sound birth um, which is using the crystal bowls the sound bowls this is a really beautiful practice so uh, if you're based on the sunshine coast then reach out to me and i can run you through a workshop with your partner on how to use that sound bowl um, but this just allows the woman to let out her voice without feeling self-confident or restricted because the sound of the bowl, and if you've ever been to a sound healing session, it's often, it's quite loud. And so the woman feels more comfortable um, letting out those sounds. But the other thing is if you don't have a bowl um, is to learn how to comfortably do these sounds. So often in the prenatal yoga classes that I teach, um, women they feel uncomfortable letting that sound out. And so uh, it's really important to practice these techniques and to become comfortable using your voice and using sound. And it's a beautiful practice that you can practice with your partner. So in my eight-week program, we go through lots of different techniques that you can use for childbirth to help with natural pain relief and how you and your partner can practice these techniques in the lead up to childbirth. So uh, the sound and the voice is one thing that we go through in a lot of detail. And now I hope that you guys have a really thorough understanding of, of why it works physiologically, what is happening on that uh, physiological level and what's happening on a neurological level that is 
promoting that release of oxytocin that's lowering the stress response, the blood pressure, the heart rate, that's creating this nice relaxation in the pelvic floor and this subtle downward pressure to help baby move down and out through the birth canal. So let me know if you guys do have any questions. Um, Otherwise, I will share the link to my upcoming eight-week program in the show notes uh, or on the Facebook group, and that is starting on the 27th of July. So if you're currently pregnant or if you know any mums that are pregnant and would beneficial would benefit from uh, learning these techniques for childbirth along with so many other techniques to support their mental, physical, and emotional health during pregnancy, then um, share this link with them. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this with other pregnant women or other women that you think deserve to understand this information. It is my mission to share this knowledge with women because this is something that I believe that we should all be taught.